thank God that God redeems, redeems us. Amen? You know, the Bible says that the sins of the fathers pass down to the third and fourth generations. But when you experience the covenant love of Christ, born again into the family of God, bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ, and you're on the firm foundation of Christ, our solid rock, guess what? Our heritage of the covenant steadfast love goes to a thousand generations. Aren't you glad for that today? Sin goes to three to four. Covenant steadfast love goes from generation to generation to generation to a thousand generations. That's a promise in God's word. Amen? So we stand strong on that. And I was thinking of uh, my father, and my father loved to golf. He golfed uh, several times a week. And uh, early on, he was teaching me how to golf. And uh, I'll never forget this. It's enlarged in my brain, and I will never forget. He was walking along the side path over here, and I, I took a nice shot, shanked it off, a line drive, hit him right in the behind, which was awesome. And uh, what was really good about it was is that he, he saw it coming. So he's trying to get out of the way. <laughs> Bam, right into ah, oh, It was just really good. I felt like I had to share that. I'm, I'm sorry. Another great uh, experience with my dad was we were up at a camp and we had a, uh, a rowboat that had a keel in it. You could put a, a sail in it. And at this campground, they had, a, they had a sailboat race. So we brought our boat down and we were going to race, but we noticed that all the boats were these slimline sunfish-like cruisers that were very, very thin, almost like a surfboard, you know? And uh, so we took off, and all of a sudden, the wind died down. There was no wind whatsoever. So me and my father, I'll never forget it, took turns getting in the back of the boat and swimming <laughs> and pushing it along. Oh, was... So anyways, uh, when we left, there was all kinds of crowds at the beach and they had a big banner up the race and we were literally three hours later than every other boat and everybody was gone the beach was empty we had a wonderful time of father and son on that on that boat for uh, several several hours in that same boat me and my father were out and obviously the keel had a problem and the water just started flowing up out of it and uh, no lie we just went down like this and we just we just sunk and the boat went down and it was just it was awesome it was awesome what I remember about my dad is that um, he could play anything by ear And on Sunday nights, we would, we would gather, we would have a church service, and he would get at the piano and just begin to play worship songs honoring Christ. People would come down to the altar. And I remember on Sunday nights, spending time at the altar till 11, 1130, 12 o'clock at night in the presence of the Lord. We need that again, don't we, friends? We need to bask in his presence. We need to feel his anointing and favor and blessing upon our lives. We need to be filled with the spirit of the living God in these last days. We need it. We need him. We need to spend time in his presence. The enemy would work against all of us experiencing the presence of the Lord and the Holy Spirit speaking to us today. When we get into the word of God, I'm going to pray that our hearts would be awakened today to the word of God and that when we leave this place we'll feel his presence the truth of God would be engaged in our heart to bring transformation from the inside out we need the word of God we need the power of the Holy Spirit amen are you with me on those two fronts amen we need him 
So, Lord, I thank you for your word. I, I thank you for this day as we celebrate our fathers. Thank you, Lord, that you are the perfect, righteous, holy, loving, compassionate, steadfast father. And, Lord, we, we thank you for your example of how we now, as fathers, as men, as young men, look to your character and nature to live our lives for the glory of God based on who you are, as you, Heavenly Father, conform us to your image, the image of Christ, to your praise, the excellency of your grace. We thank you, Lord, and we pray that you bless the word today in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. this hymn, if you don't mind. It's called On Christ the Solid Rock. And here we go. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. When darkness veils his lovely face, I'll rest on his unchanging grace. In every high and stormy day, my anchor holds within the veil. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking stand. sand. His oath, his covenant, his blood, support me in the whelming flood. When all around my soul gives way, he then is all my hope and stay. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. When he shall come with trumpet sound, oh, may I then in him be found, dressed in his righteousness alone, faultless to stand before the throne. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All of the ground is sinking sand. Aren't you glad for Christ today, amen? He's our all in all, friends. And there's a battle going on to strip us of the wonder and amazement of who Christ is, his preeminence, his supremacy, his awesomeness, knowing him intimately and personally. and serving him with all that we have and all that we are. We've been looking at uh, Ephesians, and we've come to the last chapter, and we've been looking at Paul's last instructions to the Ephesians church in uh, Ephesians chapter 6. Last instructions are important, aren't they? Paul understood danger. He understood peril. He understood persecution. And best of all, he understood spiritual warfare that goes on in our world, in our communities, in our families, in our own hearts. Ephesians were very spiritual. We uh, talked about this earlier in our time in Ephesians, is that the Ephesians church had, uh, the Ephesians had temples to 50 different gods in their city. And the temple of Artemis, Diana, the temple of Diana could hold 50,000 people. There was rampant occult activity. The Ephesian culture understood uh, spiritual darkness. They understood spirituality. They understood the spirit world and spirit forces and powers. And that's why Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. When we read that, we have to ask ourselves, do we really understand uh, the battle and the warfare 
that is against us. We have to ask ourselves, do we truly understand what the cosmic powers are and the authorities and, and the demonic forces that are against us? Jesus understood it when he said that the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come to give you what? Life, and life more abundantly, life overflowing. Jesus speaks about this uh, spiritual infilling of the Holy Spirit when we accept Christ as Lord. His spirit dwells within us, and out of our innermost being, comes rivers of living water. The flow of the spirit of life comes out of, our, out of our being when we give our hearts to Christ and when we serve him with all that we are. Mostly we think of spiritual or, or warfare and we think of like a Marvel movie, don't we? You know? I love watching the Marvel movies because in two hours, the whole forces of evil are destroyed. And the heroes in their capes win the day. Amen? That's not what happens in real life. You kind of get desensitized to what is really going on or around you. When you look at the world and you look at your community and you look at your friends and maybe even in your family, you see the effects of the enemy working against God's people. Sometimes we live in a, in a fantasy world, and the reality is not really seen. Our consciences are they're deadened, they're weakened, desensitized. That's why we need the truth of God's word to keep our consciences, conscience clear and powerful to hear the word of God and the spirit of God to really keep us on track with him. We see the uh, narrative promulgated by the mainstream media, right? The YouTube influencers that uh, cast their viewpoints and perceptions and perspectives into the airwaves and try to nullify and make void the power, the authority, the truth of God's word. And we have to be aware of the enemy. Isn't it true? Turn over to Ephesians chapter 2. And Paul speaks about the airwaves in Ephesians chapter 2. And here it goes. That's Galatians. Let's go to Ephesians. You were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air. Isn't that an interesting phrase? When you look at what's coming across the air waves in our day, the nullifying effect of the grace of God, the power of God, the truth of God, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passion of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body, the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of us, like the rest of mankind. But here it is, verse 4, right? But God being rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. The Bible says that we were helpless, we were powerless, we were in hostility and enmity towards God, but God's love drew salvation's plan for us. God's love overcame us. The gnawing, haunting love of God that just won't leave us alone called us, won us, overcame us the seeking loving savior sought us out and said come to me all ye that are heavy laden and i'll give you rest amen what a great great god we, we serve the enemy wants to destroy the order the design god's creation wants to destroy the plan of redemption and bringing mankind back to god that's the enemy's plan that's his scheme that's his strategy Paul understood this. Jesus understood it. Peter said the devil, our adversary, like a prowling 
prowling around like a lion looking to steal, kill, and destroy and bring devastation to us. Jesus said, I have come to destroy the work of the enemy. Aren't you glad for that? That today, our great high priest and the power of the Holy Spirit is ministering to you so that you will overcome and that you will win the victory. Why? Because he has already won the victory and you are his child. You are the son and daughter of God. Amen. And our heavenly father knows how to take care of us. He knows how to provide for us. He knows how to protect us. And he knows how to win the battle for us. Paul is mentioning these, uh, this armor that we've been talking about. And it's not like a last minute thing. You know, like, oh, by the way, listen, uh, I want to tell you about this. Paul is culminating everything that he has explained in Ephesians. The first three chapters are about the blessings and the favor and the doctrine and the wonderful spiritual blessings that God has given us. And then in verse uh, chapter 4, 5, and 6 is how to live out this gospel in this day and age, in our family, in our community, and in our world. So two things I want to just leave with you dads, you men, you young men, and we're going to throw in you women as well on Father's Day, okay? Number one is Paul's exhortation to us is that we should be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. All these pieces of armor are experienced and exercised in our lives. Firstly, by dependence, by reliance, by trust, and confidence in the gospel of Jesus Christ and his righteousness for your life. Amen? Be strong in the Lord. You can't do this. You can't live this Christian life in your own strength. Religiosity, self-righteousness knowledge alone without the born-again experience of knowing Christ will not see you through the hard times, see you through the battles that are raging in your mind, see you through the battles that are raging in your circumstances and your situations. You can never ever overcome and be victorious in your own strength, your own ability, your own intellect, and your own prowess. Do we, do we get that today? See, for us guys, it's a tough, it's a tough, it's a tough thing. We like to fix stuff. If something's bothering us, we take care of it. If something's coming against us, we take it down. We like to be strong. But strength without Christ and the Spirit of God will not see you through the battles that are coming. You can never, ever overcome in your own strength and ability. It comes by being totally dependent on God in every aspect of your life. Does this sound foreign to you today, people? Does it sound like a new thing that I'm speaking to you? We get so comfortable with our religiosity and our church attendance and our giving, and we lose sight of the Spirit of God that's calling us, that's wooing us, that's calling us to give every aspect of our heart over to him, the lordship of Jesus Christ as our master, as our savior, as our Lord. The greatest gift that I can give to fathers, to men, to young men today, if I could wrap it up in a box and give you this, I would give you dependence, trust and confidence in the spirit of God for your life today. Just wrap it up and give it to me. If dependence on God is the objective of being strong in the Lord and being able to walk in his power and authority, then weakness becomes an advantage. Like I said, we try to control stuff, we try to fix stuff, right? We have a sense as men to tell everybody that everything is hunky-dory, I'm okay, you're okay, and we're just kind of cruising on through. 
Meanwhile, when we lay our head down on the pillow, there's fears, there's anxieties, there's panic attacks. Yes, guys get panic attacks. And just this week as I was going through this, this message, a sense of panic and a sense of anxiety has been coming over me. You know why? Because the battle is raging. Amen? The battle is raging. And the enemy is coming against you. Half the battle is to see reality for what it really is. And here's the thing about reality that's going to kind of blow your mind. It's an abstract concept. It's profound. And that is that reality is what is really happening. Okay? Reality is, re is what is really happening. Just like the Bible says that our heart is deceitfully wicked, who could know it? We need the Spirit of God to reveal our hearts. Amen? To reveal today where we are with Christ. And are we winning the battle as we rely and trust in Jesus, rely on the Holy Spirit. So Paul says, don't be strong in your own self. Don't be strong in your, in your own doing. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Second thing he says is put on the armor of God. Here's the, here's the thing. Your strength or those areas where you feel strong can actually be a liability against you. Because in those areas of strength, you might feel like you don't need God. And you're more prone to lean on your own understanding. Isn't that true, guys? Usually we like to look at our weaknesses and we try to deal with our weaknesses. But today, we're going to look at our strengths. And have we really turned over our strengths to the Lord? The sense that we can make it on our own without acknowledging who he is. Fathers, men, young men, be aware of your strengths. Those ways and means of your heart where you exclude God from being God because you've taken up the role. You've taken up the throne. turn over to uh, Philippians. I'm sorry, 2 Corinthians. For whom the bell tolls. Oh, sorry guys, 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Second Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1. This is Paul speaking. I must go on boasting. Though there is nothing to be gained by it, I will go on to visions and revelations of the Lord. I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago was caught up to the third heaven, whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows. And I know that this man was caught up into paradise, whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows. And he heard things that cannot be told, which man may not utter. On behalf of this man, I will boast, but on my own behalf, I will not boast, except of my weaknesses. Though if I should wish to boast, I would not be a fool, for I would be speaking the truth. But I refrain from it, so that no one may think more of me than he sees in me or hears from me. So to keep me from becoming conceited because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations, a thorn was given me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan, to harass me, to keep me from becoming conceited. Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. But he said to me, and here it is, guys, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Man, that preach is really, really good, doesn't it? 
I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. How does that happen? How does that, how does that, is that, do you get that through your head? It's tough to understand, isn't it? Persecutions, hardships, calamities. Kyle said it builds character. Paul's thorn in the flesh, he prayed three times. Most, most scholars feel that it was, a, it was a physical problem with his eyes. He prayed three times for it to be taken away from him. But the Lord said, you know what? What the enemy brings against you, I'm going to turn it, and I'm going to use it for your, for your good. Amen? See, lots of times we want to run from calamity. We want to run from hardship. We want to we put up a, a veil and say nothing's happening, nothing's going on. I'm okay. Everything's good. When this calamity or this situation or this circumstance drives us to Christ, amen? And we, we yell out to the Lord, God, I am weak. I can't handle this. I've been operating in my own strength, and the devil's been kicking my butt, and I'm weak. I need you. I need you. All of a sudden, great revelation of who Christ is as victor and as overcomer, as defender, as protector, as provider, as Jehovah Jireh, as the healer, as deliverer, as a strong refuge, as a present help in time of trouble, as our lover of our soul. You get a great, greater revelation of who Christ is, and all of a sudden, start to realize that Christ is becoming alive and strong in our hearts. Amen? Maybe there's something today that you've been trying to run from. Maybe it's your job. How many people want to run from their job? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? For some, the, the job is, is tough. The daily grind and the doldrums of life, they are the things that get you down the most, isn't it? That, that constant just low-key hum of doldrum and routine. You want something different. You want something, something new. And the Lord is saying, I'm going to use that doldrum for you to call upon me. And in those doldrums, in that in that very routine, I'm going to use you for my glory as I, you realize that my grace is sufficient for you. When you're weak, then you are strong. So when we cry out to the Lord, God, I'm weak, it's oftentimes that's when someone comes our way that we begin to minister the grace of the Lord. Amen? When we cry out to the Lord, God, I'm weak, I'm weak, I'm weak. We're able to minister to people in a wonderful and exciting way. Guys, there's a, there's rough times ahead. There's rough times ahead. Does everybody know that there's rough times ahead? Do you know that... Uh, Financial people say that because of inflation, that all the uh, higher pay that we received has been kind of cut off. Because of inflation, we are spending the average family $460 more a month just to get by. Stressful, anxiety, fear. Tendency is to try and fix things. You walk into a convenience store and you say, well, I could come in here with a ski mask and take care of this place. You know what I'm saying? It drives us to the Lord. And as individuals and a church, I want to go together in a new, powerful revelation of who Christ is 
and a new sense and urgency of the Spirit of God. Amen? Stirring us from the inside. Where we're able to pray without ceasing, moment by moment by moment. Being and operating in the realm of the Spirit so that when things come against us, we see it for what it is. It's the enemy, enemy's attack, and we go to Christ and say, God, I'm weak. All right. So, be strong in the Lord, not in your own selves. Amen? Men, turn over your strengths to the Lord and realize that his grace is sufficient when you're weak and that you're operating in the strength of God, not the strength of your human character or your human element. So activate the Spirit's armor, okay? Wrap your life around and be wrapped about by the truth of God's word. Put on the belt of truth. We're going to summarize this as we go along, amen? The Bible says, your word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. Your word is a lamp and a light unto my feet. The belt of truth. Then put on the breastplate of righteousness. Live right as you walk in the truth today that Christ's righteousness and peace has become yours through faith in Jesus Christ. Friends, get this through your mind and your heart today that when Christ looks at you, if you are in Christ, born again, you are the very righteousness of God and he accepts you. The Bible speaks about this access into his very presence where in the Old Testament, when someone ventured into the presence of God unworthily, what usually happened to them? Yeah, they died. But now because of Christ, the very hand of our Heavenly Father is reaching out to you today and say, come into my presence because of my son. If you hang out with my son, if you have accepted my son, then I accept you co-heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ of every spiritual blessing, of every victory, of every overcoming experience and adventure in the, in, the, in the kingdom of God is ours because of what Christ has done. We are accepted. We are beloved. We belong to God. He is ours and he loves you. There is nothing that you can do to cause him to love you less. Nothing that you, you must do cause him to love you more. Do you understand the great love of God today? Amen. If while you were enemies and sinners and powerless before God and he loved you, how much more does he want to give his resurrection power and life to you as the son and daughter of God? Amen. You feel his love today. His love stirs us. His love calls us. His love compels us. His love constrains us. His love is what causes us to venture out and take risks for the glory of God and live our lives with reckless abandonment to the, to the glory and the power and the presence of God and his kingdom on this earth. Reckless abandonment, amen, to the great things of God. And we need to do that. By realizing that we are the righteousness of God. We have peace with God because of what Christ has done. And now, listen to this, we have the peace of God. Amen? The peace of God that mounts guard over your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. The peace that passes your understanding in all of your situations and circumstances that you go because of the great knowledge of the righteousness of God, that you're a child and a and a, and a son and a daughter of God, the peace, the peace of God in every circumstance and every situation is what I pray over your lives today as you face the future with reckless abandonment. The breastplate of righteousness protects your heart, protects your, your inner being, protects who you really are, amen? You are not what this world tells you you are. You are what the Son of God tells you that you are. Amen? Your identity is rests in the written word of God. And that's who you are. The breast.
breastplate of righteousness. And then we get to the gospel shoes. Amen? The gospel shoes. My wife uh, bought me some clothing for Father's Day. And she bought me some really nice shoes. I'm going to wear them next week. You want to check them out? Check them out next week. I'll have them on. All right? They're brown shoes. Really, really nice. I'm going to be styling and profiling next week. Come check it out. Amen? The gospel shoes speaks of the readiness of sharing, declaring, and proclaiming the peace of the gospel everywhere you go, in every circumstance, in every situation, and at all times you are ready and prepared with the, with the gospel shoes in every circumstance. Even when you feel like you are filled with anxiety and fear, God will come and bring someone along are prepared because you have the gospel shoes on, ready to, to share the gospel with someone. Oh, God, friends, listen. Realize that in your weakness, he is our strength and our power today. Amen? Gospel shoes. Check out my gospel shoes next week in Jesus' name. And then, don't forget to carry the shield of faith. Protect yourself from the false, deceitful, fiery darts of the enemies, of the arguments and speculations and perceptions and perspectives of this world. Listen, friends, you need the shield of faith. When we can't even define a woman in, in our day and age, you need the shield of faith. Amen? When a Supreme Court nominee of the United States of America can't define what a woman is, we need the shield of faith. There are fiery darts that are being casted towards us by sanctimonious, virtue-signaling, woke people that want to cancel us. And we're not going to have it. Amen? The truth of God is our salvation. The shield of faith protects us from all the fiery darts of the enemy that wants to get in when we begin to doubt the character and nature of God, it opens up a little piece where the fiery dart can come in. Do not doubt God. Do not doubt his word. Don't doubt the character and nature of God, that God is a good God. Amen? God is a great God. God is a glorious God. He is a gracious God today. And he is our God. Whatever we do in word and deed, we do all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? We live our lives in honor and adoration and praise of the name of our God. I love the story of, of uh, David and Goliath. He brought a cheese pizza up to, his, uh, up to his brothers. Forty days these guys were taking mockery from this uncircumcised Philistine, defying and mocking the name of our God. David, because of his prior experience of practicing the presence of God and practicing uh, the mind of God. He came upon David, he came upon Goliath and said, who is this dude? I need, we need to take him out. Because he was operating in the honor and the praise and the excellency of the name of our God. Amen? When we stand for the name of our God, it brings victory in our hearts and in our lives, the shield of faith, and in the helmet of salvation. Friends, we live and walk in the power and freedom of a renewed mind governed and ruled by the very power, authority, and wisdom of the Holy Spirit. Does that thrill you today? Romans chapter 12, right? Be renewed, be transformed. Be renewed in, in your mind. Be transformed. Don't follow the pattern or fashion of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And what renews your mind today? Is it chaga mushrooms? Does that uh, renew your mind? We just picked up some chaga mushroom juice, and I've been drinking it. It's okay. It's all right. We stand on the word of God. Amen. We stand on the word of God. We live in the power and freedom of a renewed mind governed and ruled 
by God's word and God's power. Then we take up the sword of the spirit, the word of God, and we speak the word of God like Jesus did. Isn't it something that the living word of God, who's known as in John chapter 1, verse 1, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God, the very living word of God, illustrated for us the power of the written word as he uh, defied the temptations of the enemy in the wilderness. What did he say? It is written. Amen? He said, it is written. When you, when you face battles, when you face struggles, is this your motif? Is this your methodology when you, when you face trials and tribulations and you don't know what to do? Do you say to the enemy and do you say to your circumstance and situations, it is written. Amen? It is written. As you're wondering how you're going to come up with the $460 every month in your household, realize this promise, it is written, my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in Christ Jesus. Amen. That's written in the word of God, the living word of God, illustrated for us today. So I pray that over all of us today, our God shall supply all of our need according to his riches in Christ Jesus today. Amen? Today. How about, are you fearful today? It is written, perfect love casts out all fear. The perfect love of God, illustrated in your life and received by you, believed by you, and proclaimed by you, the perfect love of God casts out all fear. That's written in the word of God. Amen? It is written. How about you feeling a little timid? You feeling a little fearful? What did Paul say to Timothy? You have not received the spirit of fear or timidity. But you received the spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. Amen? You ever look in the mirror and say, I'm going nuts? No? I have. Sorry. I have. Guys. He's not given us a spirit of fear or timidity, but power, love, and a sound mind. It's written in God's word. Amen? Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that is comes from the mouth of God, written. So the sword of the spirit. Jesus was in the wilderness, and he said, devil, it is written. Devil, it is written. You can read that in Matthew chapter 4 when you uh, venture into the word of God this week. Jesus, who is the living word, uses the written word of God to defeat the enemy so we can declare the word of God over our lives. Amen? Over our lives. Two thoughts for you, for you men, for you fathers. Be strong and powerful in Christ's strength and not your own. Stop the charade and the facade. Amen? You're not all that. You're not all that. You need the spirit of the living God, and you need to fall on your knees and be weak before the Lord and say, God, I've, I've been operating in these characteristics of strength, that is without your word and without your spirit, and I give that to you. I need you in this area of my life. I need you in the area of finances. I need you in the area of temptation. I need you in the area of looking at circumstances and situations and believing by faith that you got me today. Amen? Put on and activate the spirit's armor in your life. Fight the spiritual war against your soul and bring, and bring victory to you and your family in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen? Friends, when I was uh, younger, I was in a lot of fights. I had this rapid anger. And here's the paradox, and here's the, the glory and the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. On a Sunday night, I'd feel his presence at the altar. I'd give adorations and adulations and exaltations to God. And then Monday afternoon, I'd be fighting in the schoolyard. 
And all along I felt his presence. But here's the thing about a fight. When you get punched in the nose, you know you're in a fight. Amen? And that's when you perk up. I remember playing football and, you know, you're in the locker room and you're ready to go out and we had this thing where we just went nuts banging into each other's head and, you know, you you get ready for the battle and you bang and you, you fight and you, and, you, and you hit into each other and you, the coach comes up and smacks you in the head. You're ready? Yes, I'm ready. You know. Yeah, pregame mosh pit. You got it. This is what we need to do in the spirit, guys. Let's smack ourselves up the head a little bit. Amen? Get riled up. Allow the spirit of God to renew us and to restore us. And the fight that you have in the natural, God wants you to give that over to him so that he can create a supernatural fight in you that will last you from this day forward into eternity, bringing glory to God, bringing glory to God with your family, bringing glory to God in your community, and bringing glory to God in the world. Amen? So what have you been battling and fighting against in your own strength? Give it up. You're not all that. You won't make it. Fall on your knees and say, God, I am weak. Feel the grace of God now that empowers you. Paul said, like Popeye, I am what I am because of the grace of God. Isn't that powerful? Experience his grace today. Mercy not giving us what we deserve. Grace is giving us what we don't deserve. Feel the grace of God today. He loves you. He wants to move you in ways to experience the very presence of God that will blow your mind. And even when you face times in his presence and then in Monday afternoon you're struggling, the grace of God will see you through. Amen? grace of God will see you through. Fathers, happy Father's Day today. Thank you for your commitment to your family. Thank you for your commitment to the Lord. Men that aren't fathers, thank you for being spiritual fathers to our young people. Young men, thank you for continuing on in the grace of God. Even though sometimes our lives are like this. The grace of God is steady. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases, never changes. Amen. He loves you today. And I want you to, when you go home and eat your burger or go out to dinner, and don't let your family take away your day. This is your one day, okay? This is it. This is all you get. Don't do anything. barbecuing today, praise God, so uh, come on over, guys listen, God has some awesome things for us as a church, what he wants to do is create a new thing in our hearts and lives, each individual giving more of their heart to the Lord, operating in weakness so that we realize the grace of God, that his grace is sufficient. See us through the rough times. See us through our circumstances. See us through our situations. See us through the $460 that we don't have anymore each month. The Lord is saying to us today, stand still and see the salvation of your God. Amen? Of our God. Be blessed, fathers. Mothers, thanks for putting up with us fathers. Steve Martin said that where I once had money in my wallet, all I got now is pictures. You know, it's, uh, it's a grueling task to raise children. What the enemy wants to do with fathers and sons is take away the communication. Amen? Whenever there's a lack of communication, there's always rebellion. My son has taught me that. My son has taught me a lot about the 
character of God and the nature of God. Most of my problem with my son is me. And God is dealing with me. I love you, my son. And Maris, wherever you are, I love you, girl. So, guys, go home, enjoy your families. Realize today that your family member is not your enemy. Amen? Your enemy is our adversary, the devil, the slanderer, the accuser that wants to destroy your life. As a family, we fight against that. We will choose today, amen, whom we will serve. For me and my household and for yours, we will serve the Lord. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Lord God, we love you today. We thank you for your great mercy and your great love. And the paradox of when we're weak, that's when we're strong in you. And we walk in the power and authority of your word and of the power of the Holy Spirit. Lord, we are weak. The greatest prayer that we could ever, ever utter is I need you, Jesus. I need you, Jesus. So I pray for our families. I pray for our men. And Lord, I thank you for our women in our church. Behind every good man is a great woman. Thank you, God, for putting all of our families together. Thank you, God, for leading those that are a part of our family that are single. And I pray for our church, Lord, at 144 Kirby Avenue in Lackawanna, New York, within a half a mile radius around that church, that address, 50% of the homes are single parent homes. We have a ministry, single parent families. Amen? Let that stir in your heart. We need some spiritual fathers up in this house. Amen? Spiritual mothers to bring sons and daughters back to God. So, friends, be blessed today. In Jesus' name. Guys, we have a little gift for you. And uh, 